Murder is defined as the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. However, being charged and convicted of murder isn't always as simple as the definition. With that said, let's talk murder. Welcome, welcome, and thank you for tuning in for another edition of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. Of course, I am your host, Diamond Kisan. For those who may be new to the podcast, let me give you a breakdown. Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan is a crime-based podcast that takes an inside look at the crime from the side of the accused. In each episode, we go beyond the headlines and get up close and personal to the story via the words of the individual charged with the crime. Now, in this edition of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan, this is going to be a little bit different. So, I'm talking with John Hudson. Now, for those of you who maybe have tuned in during Season 1, John Hudson had an episode um, during Season 1 of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. If by chance you have not heard it or you need to just get um, refreshed on it, I'm going to put the link in this episode so you can tap into his particular episode 1. Now, what happened is, during the conversation in episode one, John was one of the individuals who his crime was from the early 2000s, so there weren't too many headlines. So I approached the episode based strictly off of his story, in his, um, his story in his words, for his, um, his detail of that moment in time. Now, with that, there were some elements that John talked about that were definitely worth exploring more. Obviously, the relationship between him and his father, and then his father um, passing while John was incarcerated. Then there was there was some conversation around his friend. He had a friend, or who was supposed to be a friend, right? And this friend allegedly is the one who actually may have committed the crime, but the friend then told on John, said it was John. It was just, it was, it was a lot. So because it was a lot, I had to listen to me, okay? I had to follow up with Mr. Hudson to see what he had to say with relation to the questions that I had for him, that I had for him in my follow-up. So with that said, let's talk follow-up as we talk murder. As it relates to Mr. Hudson's relationship with his father and the passing of his father, I wanted to talk more about that and give him the opportunity to speak on his dad. Mr. Hudson advises, Well, as for me losing my father in 2016, I was very upset. Me and my father was the best of friends. I talked to my dad every day, even when our calls were $12 for just 30 minutes. He used to say, Junior, your calls are a little high this month. Ease up a little bit. But when I didn't call for a few days, he would say, What's the problem, son? What, your fingers don't work? So we would talk to each other every day. If the joint didn't go on lockdown. I was in Statesville's maximum security prison for years, so any little thing would get the joint locked down. But I was transferred to a medium security prison in April of 2016. That's when I found out that my dad was sick and had a stroke. My dad was a strong man. Didn't nothing phase or get him down. He and my mom always provided for us, and I only seen my dad cry once in my life. Oh, and he never, ever, put his hands on my mother. I wasn't raised in an abusive household. I was always taught to respect a woman. Well, when I found out my dad had passed, I called my wife at the time, and she said, have you talked to your mom or uncle? I said, no, why? Nothing but silence. And she said that my father had passed away on August 10th, 2016, on their 44th wedding anniversary. Never in my whole time have I broken down like that in front of anybody. 
Me and my dad were so close, and I miss him dearly. You know, still at times, while I'm doing legal work, I feel my eyeballs sweating. But that's how I feel about my father. I remember me and my mom's last visit. She said that all while she and my dad were married, she only took her wedding ring off once to get clean. She said after that, she couldn't get it off. She said that one night she woke up and her ring was on the pillow next to her. She said that it probably was my dad letting her go. But she said that she didn't want nobody. But she's in her 70s now. And all she do now is run her funeral home and waiting on me to get there. And asking Mr. Hudson to expound upon the conversation as it related to his friend at the time, I wanted to dig a little bit more deeper into it. So this is what Mr. Hudson advised of. Well, as far as my supposed to be homie, I was definitely furious of how he got down on me. It was to be expected because I was warned years ago of what kind of person he was. But I was just blindsided on how he was one of our older guys. Stupid me for falling into the trap of a rat. He was my co-defendant and he did testify against me. I still get a little upset at times that he did that. But like my dad always said, when you lie with snakes, know that you'll get bit. But I'm glad I've grown out of that hate stage because I don't want that to hinder me from moving forward, you know? But as far as me coming home, I'm now in the process of waiting on a torture hearing from the Illinois Torture Inquiry and Relief Commission. That committee was put in place because of the corrupt Chicago police commander who had, who had a crew of really bogus and rogue cops. So I'm waiting on that hearing. And this COVID stuff is the holdup. But it's a few more guys ahead of me. And it's lots of guys collecting the small payout too. They were trying to finesse me with $100,000 checks and no going home. Not me. I've been trying to negotiate with them to just give me the time considered served. I'll take that. But my torture attorneys said, well, wait. Wait until our deposition to see if they want to deal. But the city then paid out more than $90 million in counting. The last guy just got 12.5 and he did 28 years. So I'm patient. They will pay me for beating on me. And I just be thinking about all the people who left at the time I really needed them. I'm not bitter, but I won't forget. My hard work and focus on getting home will be sufficient enough for me to see me smiling from ear to ear when the news shows me walking out them doors with my head still held, still held high. Oh, by the way, I wasn't able to go to my dad's funeral. They said I had too much time left. Mr. Hudson advised us that he was doing some legal work with relation to his torture claim. We wanted to know more about that. He advises that the kind of relief I'm working on is my torture claim with the Torture Inquiry and Relief Commission, where the officer and his crew were torturing guys in the station for days. It's about 10 to 15 guys ahead of me, but I'm patient. And the other relief I'm working on is the emergency COVID-19 clemency petition. A few lifers and guys that then had 150 years left to, um, left to do have been released just recently with this petition. 
I'm just trying to get home to my mom so that I can just enjoy her presence and take her on a relaxing vacation so she don't have to worry about working so hard because that's a business that can be very stressful at times. But I just want to get home to the family and just enjoy life and freedom and also find someone to share my visions, dreams, and life with along the way. And to show the people who left me and abandoned me while I was in the slumps, I worked hard to get free and walk out those prison gates with my head still held high. And let them know I'm not mad or bitter. I'm, I'm relieved. And how I was treated only motivated me to strive harder to accomplish the most important goal, to get home. Well, my other personal goal is to help misled people. And to let them know that prison is not an option, but making their goals and dreams are. If I could touch just one individual and guide them and show them how to strategize their path without going in the direction of jail or the graveyard, I've done my job. I talk to youth in here all the time. I constantly let them know, don't make jail a revolving door, but educate and take this one slip up as a tool to make the best of yourself. I also let them know the neighborhood kingpin dope boy ain't going to work either. But patience and hard work will reward you in the end if you only try. Listen, understanding where Mr. Hudson is coming from, here you have an individual who is literally um, convicted of murder. And his release date is something crazy like um, 2073, right? Like... Oh my gosh, so basically life. And when you look at that, you see what he has advised us of. And you hear the words in which he's using. And you understand, this doesn't sound like a man who's bitter. It sounds like a man who has accepted what the reality was at the time. Grown from his time being incarcerated. And he's ready to explore the world from a totally different manner. You have a man who loves his father, his mother, his family as a whole. And he wants to help the family business. You know, his family owns a funeral home in the area in which they come from. Now, you know, I, I, I tend to talk a lot about this whole street loady thing because for some reason, it comes up in more episodes than not, right? It's this street loyalty and someone's doing time for a crime someone else did, but they don't want to tell kind of a thing. In Mr. Hudson's case, here we have his own co-defendant telling on him, testifying against him. Now... I wasn't there. You all know, so I don't know. But I just, I wonder, I wonder how the co-defendant got the deal and said, they said, hey, if you testify, whatever will happen will happen. I'm sure he got some lesser time or something to that degree, right? Is it one of those instances where the first to talk got the best deal or just got the deal in general? You know, I never, I've never been one to go for willing and dealing for any reason like it has to really make sense and in this instance you wonder you you do a deal with the co-defendant but okay I digress now as you look upon this torture claim bad enough individuals are incarcerated jails are overcrowded it costs a whole bunch to survive in jail you know the days of the institution providing the inmate with a whole lot of free stuff is over. They Some jails, they at least get the bare minimum. Some jails, they don't even get the bare minimum, right? But you, the whole three hots in the cot, okay. But it always comes at a cost. Um, 
And it's crazy. I was reading a write-up recently talking about how much it costs for an inmate to survive a month in jail between phone calls and commissary, just buying soap and toothpaste. It was one um, blurb I remember, and they literally said for an inmate to buy a tube of toothpaste, it would be like a week's worth of work because the particular jail they were in was paying... Um, I think it was like 12 cents per hour. What in the whole fuck? Okay, not going to go down a rabbit hole. However, I said that to say, knowing that these individuals are behind bars, they're incarcerated, their freedom is gone. With their freedom being gone, the struggle to survive on the inside is not only you watching your back for someone trying to come after you and are you trying to stay out of whatever drama may come with being incarcerated in the unit in which you are in then also having to survive and spend money to survive and try to figure out where your money is coming from with all that individuals are expected to rehabilitate and become better people to go back on into the world and mr hudson is doing that you know he's one of those people that, like he said, he's not angry, he's not bitter, he's grown. He's now seen who has his back and who doesn't. And as always, I thank Mr. Hudson for allowing me to tell his story. You know, I hate that his dad passed while he was incarcerated and he wasn't able to get to go to the funeral because he had too much time left. That's crazy. Too much time left? You can't say goodbye to your dad because you have too much time left. Now, I get it if maybe he was like a out-of-control kind of inmate. If that was a factor, I would get it. But time? Because you have too much time left? So what does that mean, right? So let's... Now listen, y'all know my mind starts overthinking. So if you're telling me I have too much time left to go to my dad's funeral, does that mean like you feel like, well, oh well, you got time left so it don't matter because you wasn't going to see him anyways? Like, is that the translation and or the correlation? I don't, I don't know. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, you all, I need to know. I just feel a certain kind of way. Anyways, I digress. So, Mr. Hudson, thank you so much for allowing me to, again, share your story. And for your willingness to allow me to further dig into the questions that I had as it relates to you sharing with your father about us. As well as you helping us to understand the situation with your alleged friend who wasn't your friend, who turned, who was your co-defendant, who told on you. Listen, you all. Street loyalty is one of those things. You know, I was always, my grandmother always used to tell us there's no honor amongst thieves, right? So I would always understand, like, you have to be careful who you're loyal to. And even with who you are loyal to, you have to understand how loyal you are to them. There's levels to loyalty. Like, I'm not taking the charge for nobody type thing. Like, there's levels to loyalty. And I'm just, I'm blown. I don't know. This is... This is a lot. But like I said, this was part two of John Hudson's story. We talked the murder in part one. In part two, I just wanted to do a little bit more deep diving. So, I want to know what you all think. You've heard part one. You've got the added questions I had for part two. Let me know your thoughts. Your thoughts as it pertains to him not being able to go to his father's funeral because he has too much time left. Your thoughts into his co-defendant being allowed um, to tell it was him, and I don't, a co-defendant is a co-defendant, like, how did a co-defendant turn 
witness for state. Uh, listen, that's a whole other story. I ain't about to even go there. However, I want to know your thoughts. Your thoughts. Episode one, episode two, combined. Life for Mr. John Hudson. Let me know what you think. Hit me on Twitter at Let's Talk Murder. Instagram and Facebook at LTMWDK. That's Twitter at Let's Talk Murder. Instagram and Facebook at LTMWDK. I'm Diamond Kisan, and we've just talked murder and the after effects of murder. Until next time, stay safe and never be afraid to talk murder. This is a Diamond Kisan production.